Rabbi Isaiah, good morning. A good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kedish. Parishes Shalach, uh, the parsha of the Meraglim here in Eretz Yisrael, and for Bnei Chutzlor, it's Parshas Baloischa. And it's a pleasure to be able to speak with the Oilam and to give over some Divri Chizuk and some Divri Torah. We're holding still in the month of Sivan, the 19th day of Sivan, and we're still in the Avira of uh, Shavuos, Matan Torah. Uh, I was Baruch Hashem Zoyche after Shavuos to be at a Siyum of um, a banquet, for, as I think I might have mentioned last week, but I didn't mention, I'll mention it now, of the wonderful yeshiva called Machon Shlomo that the Rebetzin uh, has been the cook there for the last few years. And um, it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And uh, the Rebetzin got a lot of compliments, as I think I might have mentioned, and um, we have seen great growth from those Talmidim, and we're very, very happy that we've been associated with them. Um, the Rabbanu should give them all a lot of siyat Shmaya. We'll speak a little bit about some of those elements in a second. Um, but we're holding in the parsha of the parsha of the Miraglim, and I think it also very, very applicable to where we're holding in our matzav uh, in the world and in our matzav in the times that we're living in. You know, we we see that you know Eretz Yisrael. You could you could look at it and you can see the positive aspects of it. Or Chas V'Sholem, you can look at it like the Miraglim, and they looked at the negatives. And we also were living in a time frame, a time period, where we have to realize how important it is to be Meshabeach, the land of Eretz Yisrael, to be Meshabeach. The, the 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 quality of Eretz Yisrael, the real milas of Eretz Yisrael, the, the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, and especially in our days where we have the opportunity to live in Eretz Yisrael, which our forefathers did not, were not zochet to, and when I say our forefathers, many many generations, our forefathers were zochet to it. But when we say our forefathers, we can say you know previous generations, people did not have the opportunity to live in Eretz Yisrael. Today, people are making aliyah. And uh, people are living here, and we're, we're living here to schus gadol, able to live in what's called the palten shomelech and the melech in the in the palace of the king, and especially in the time period where we see that they were living in this particular uh, government, which has not been pro-religion, and it's banded together with Arabs. We see now it looks like it's going to be the end of this particular memshala. Uh, and the coalition, it seems, is going to not have, doesn't have enough votes to be able to retain their seats. And we're davening that there should be, on one hand, there should be at least a, a new government. There probably looks like there probably be elections again, which is not a pleasant thing. Again, the, who knows what upteenth time of elections it is. But we hope that a new election will bring in a government that was, at best, it should not be anti-religion and it shouldn't go with the Arabs which are against everything that we stand for. But we always have to be reminded that whatever government comes in, that's not really the government that we are hopefully aspiring to get to. We really want to get to the true government. We say the true government, the true Malchus Beis David. We want to daven that Mashiach Sidkenu should come, which is able to be, have the uh, Kedusha of the land in its, fullest, in its fullest fashion. But we still have to be happy for what we have. And we see we're living in a, in, in a time period where Baruch Hashem, people are being shamed in Shemitah. There's a ribuy of Safsalim, a tremendous growth of Torah in the, in the yeshivas. 
both here in Eretz Yisrael and in Chutz Laretz, but here in Eretz Yisrael, which is the Merkaz, so many people are sitting and learning, and not only people that come from from, from birth backgrounds, FFBs, but Balei Tshuva, who want to get closer, and want to also be become accomplished Talmid Chachamim, and we really want to compliment them. And we have a responsibility, we have an achrayas to be mekariv as best as we can. All parts of our Jewish people be the ones that are considered uh, rechokim, it's called kiruv rechokim, and also what's called kiruv kirovim. Just mentioned, I learned, and I saw in a sefer this week, that sometimes it's like easier to be mekariv the people who are, you know, not from our family, so to speak, the people that are far away, but to be makab, to be of our own children, sometimes what's called kiruv krovim is sometimes a lot more difficult. I was asked to speak at a conference which is going to take place this week, and this is one of the topics I'm going to speak about, how important it is to extend ourselves in what we would call kiruv krovim, our own from, from birth families and children to rec- recognize how important it is to be of our own families and to speak positive. I think that's the most important thing. The tikkun for the Lashon Hara is to speak Lashon Tov. And um, I saw a Misa, a great Rosh Hashiva, whose yard city is this week, Rabzalman Rutberg, who I happen to have known. He was a great, great Makurva of Rav Shach Zatzal. And he was a great Talmud Chacham. He was uh, related to the Chazanish's family. And... Uh, he used to invite Bachram from, from, from his yeshiva to come eat by him on Shabbos. And he had, he was a mamash, a machnas, a reyach in the highest fashion. He used to make salads. He used to, used to, 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 to make the salads. He used to, to, to put on the plates of the Bachram, mamash, heaping, heaping portions of salads and dips besides the other courses. And he was a Talmud Chacham Muflug, but he acted like Avram Avinu. And there was once a boy that came to learn in the yeshiva from South America, and he was a little bit different than everybody else. And Rav Zalman used to invite him to come to the house until he finally finally came. He was like a quiet, tsunua person, and he didn't want to stand out. And Rav Zalman made such a big deal out of him being there. And he, the first thing is after they made kiddush and they had the the the, the, the challah, he said, oh, and he started placing on his plate, mom is piling it up with salads. I'm thinking a lot about salads because this Shabbos, my wife is in America and I told my son Yehuda, you have to bring the salads to the house. Yehuda's coming because I can't make the salads. So Yehuda's going to bring the salad. So he used to play salads and he would say to this person, ah, this particular salad is the salad of Reb Shleimer. There was a certain Talmud Chacham, his name was Reb Shleimer. He said, this is Reb Shleimer's salad. And he used to give it like a chashiva. Reb Shleimer used to like the salad. And now you're eating Reb Shleimer's salad. And it made such an impression upon him that this, his Rosh Hashiva was so interested in his feeling comfortable and he would make it fun and he would make it inviting. And he ended up, this person ended up becoming a Talmud Chacham and he himself is a, a person that's involved with Chinuch and Kiruv in South America. And he always makes salads in Arab Shabbos and he always serves the salads to the people that come to his house in order to make them feel good. Ah! Rabbi said, we have to realize how important it is to make, make everyone feel good, but not only the people from the outside, people from the inside, our own children, to be a care of them and to make them feel, oh, to make a big deal out of them. One last maise with Reb Zalman before we go into the parsha, the Reb Zalman that used to be a, a, a schnorrer, as we're properly known as a schnorrer, used to come, and he used to come to the house as well. 
And when he came to the house of Zalman, he once told me, he says, you know, you really have to dress in a mechubedik way because you're such a hush of a person. And he said, let me have, he had an old beaten hat the way sometimes Tishnor said. He says, you know, you got to get yourself a new hat. So he said, new hat? I don't have the money for a new hat. So he says, wait a second. He went into his room and he brought out his Hamburg, his particular chashiv hat. And he said, I want you to take this. And the Shnor took it. And it seemed to Shnor everywhere he went, he always was like an interesting thing. He was like raising money, you know, like getting a shekel here and a shekel there. But he always had this very chashiv hat. And he said, this hat was given to me by the reshiva, Reb Zalman. Reb Zalman wanted to give him a chashivas. As I said before, if we want to be metakin, the chet of the meraglim, the mechet of the Lashon Hara, let's speak good things. Let's speak positive things. And um, we'll have what's called machshavot tovot. Good thoughts are always the best way to go. Let's connect it to the parsha, And we have both parshas we can connect it to because the first Rashi in this week's parsha of Shalach connects it to the end of the parsha's Baloscha. The end of the parsha's Baloscha speaks about the story of Miriam, who, who um, spoke Lashon Hara, so to speak, against Moshe Rabbeinu, and Klaus, who had to wait for her for seven days. So, um, and the Rashi says, this is teaching us, Shalach Lecha Anoshim, why do we place the parsha of the Meraglim, which is this week's parsha, the parsha of Miriam? Because Miriam received the punishment, and she got saras, and she spoke by speaking against her, her brother Moshe Rabbeinu, and these Rishoyim, the Miraglim, they didn't take Musr. So that's the reason why we connect the two parishes together, to tell us that the lessons of Miriam were not learned by the Miraglim. They should not have spoken about Lashon <coughs> Har against the land of Eretz Yisrael. And everyone's Medayik. Why does Rashi say, oh, they should have learned the lessons, they didn't take Musr. Uh, it should have said, the main thing is the It seems that there's some diuk that Rashi is telling us that there was some chiddush over here, something special that took place over here in the parish of Miriam, which the, connects to the Viraglim, and it's a lesson which we have to learn from it as well. What is this extra special lesson? The Rav Schwab is a talent, the Sefer Mayan Beis says a Gaval the Gavar, which I'm fond of saying. Which is that if we would analyze the Isra of Lashon Hara, how do we analyze it? We'll say, oh, why is Lashon Hara not a positive thing? Because when you speak harshly against uh, a person, you're embarrassing him. People hear about it. People say, oh, that person has a terrible uh, uh, defect. And, um, and therefore, it's, you're embarrassing someone, and that's the Isra of Lashon Hara. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm recording this right now, and you're listening to music in the background. This music in the background is usually played usually played right before Shabbos, but I hear there must have been some problem, and it's playing earlier. So there's a reason behind it, and uh, I hope that the, 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 noise, the, the music will also bring in the Avirah of Shabbos. Let's go back to the, to the, to the Chiddush over here. L'chaira, if this is the reason behind Lashon Hara, in order you shouldn't embarrass somebody, so then... If you'll speak about an innate object, you'll speak about rocks, stones, um, a country, the, the environment of the country, the ecological defects of a country, then l'chayra, that shouldn't be considered Lashon Hara because you're not embarrassing anybody. And this was really the taina that the Miraglam had. The Miraglam said, we're not speaking anything bad about people. 
we're about the, we're speaking about the physical aspects of the land, the daimim aspects of the land, and that we're telling you the truth. This is what we see. We see that it's a land which is a very harsh land, and it's very hard to live there. So that's what they were saying. Well, uh, but they should have learned Musr from Miriam, because Miriam could also have had the same taina. Because it says in last week's parasha that Aish Moshe on of the Moshe Rabbeinu was the humblest of all men. And Moshe Rabbeinu for sure did not feel any embarrassment when his sister spoke Lashon her against him. Because for him, he was such a modest person, such an honor, it didn't affect him. He was like, an, like the Avanim of the earth. And still we see that she was punished. So what do we see? We see that our analyzation of Lashon Hara, we have to reanalyze it. Why was it that Miriam was over on the Issa Lashon Hara, even though Moshe Rabbeinu did not feel bad? If the whole Issa Lashon Hara is making a person not feel bad about himself, then Lachara, there shouldn't be any Issa Lashon Hara. The answer is that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moshe Rabbeinu was what's called the Hefza de Kedusha. If, the, if a stone is a Hefza de Kedusha, and what you're saying is something which is going to be a lessening of the Kedusha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you're going against the Kvot Shomayim. And Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the Shliach of Hashem, by speaking about him, even though he himself didn't feel any embarrassment. But it take, takes away from the reflection of what Moshe Rabbeinu's stand is. Moshe Rabbeinu, and this is a lesson for all of us. Chasr Shalom, this person speaks about Rabbanim and other Chashuvim, even if they themselves will not be embarrassed by it. But they are the Shluchim, they represent the holy, holy ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. And therefore we have to be very, very cautious and this was the Hefzah, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a land which is steeped in the holiness. Ah, why do we come to Eretz Yisrael? We come to Eretz Yisrael because we want to get closer to Hashem. The land of Eretz Yisrael is called Artsi. It's, it's, it's my land. Kili Haaretz. It's the land that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Dairishit from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. And we have to be very, very happy. We have to be very, very proud of it. And this was the Chiddush. And that's what Rashi is saying. The Chiddush was, uh, you should have learned from, you should have learned Musa from Miriam. Miriam spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu was an honor of Nicolodim, maybe similar to an Evan, similar to a Diamond, but still he was the Shlich of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, And therefore she had, a, had leprosy. You should have learned Musa when you're speaking about the physical aspects of the land of Eretzel. You're also affecting the Shlichus of HaKadosh Baruch because this is the land that HaKadosh Baruch promised to our others. Ah, so how much can we gain from when we speak about the positive aspects of Eretz Yisrael? And say, ah, I'm zoicha to be in Eretz Yisrael. I'm zoicha to be the, the Kedusha. I saw a little uh, clip from one of our Talmidim, Shai Sussman, who went this week to the Kever, to the Kvarim of Kolev and, and, and Yeshua ben Nun. What a great schus to be able to go to those Kvarim with hundreds and hundreds of people in the middle of the night. And they had the army protection, and they went to Davin. We hope those Tefillah Shem Mitzvah go up to the right place. I want to add on a word. I saw a Gavaldic word over here. Uh, this same Rashi, Lalok Chomusser, and we'll end it off with a great story as well. We're going to have a great story. In the, it's, it's a word with a story, and then we'll end off with another great story. We know there's a Pasuk in Mishle. The Pasuk in Mishle, Shlomo Melech says, it's speaking about the Indian of Atzlis. You know, the Mishle Sharm mentions this Pasuk in the, in the Sefer Mishle Sharm. The Shlomo Melech says, 
Otsel Avarti. I pass by the field of a of a of a lazy person. And on a vineyard of a person that really doesn't doesn't take care of the of the field, doesn't take care of the vineyard. And what did I see? I saw all kinds of weeds that were growing. Wasn't being taken care of properly. The weeds were flowing all over. The gather of one of Nerosa and the stones, the walls of the stones that surrounded it, which usually protect the plants and the and the and the vines growing properly, it all fell down because a person didn't take care of it, didn't take care of it, because it um, the person was lazy. When a person is lazy, lets things go to disrepair. So the pasuk ends off. I saw this. Ashes libi. I saw, I placed it to my heart. Reisi, I saw this. Lakachti musr, and I took musr. So here the pasuk saying like the opposite. Now we understand where Rashi got this from. It says loy lakom musr. Over here it says lakachti musr. So in the Vardik, they used to say gaval gavart. The Meraglim, they passed by this so-called laziness, this this aspect of not understanding the kedusha of the land of Eretz Yisrael. And they saw it. And they even placed it to their heart. And they were easy, and they saw it. But there was one thing that was missing for them. What was the one thing that was missing for them? The Lakachti Musr. They didn't take the Musr. And we can illustrate this with two great stories. One story is from the great Rabshalom Zaman Orbach, and one is a story from a great Baltruva. You might not know who he is, but he's a great Baltruva. Listen to the story from Rav Shlomo Zalman. Rav Shlomo Zalman Zetzal used to travel from Kol Torah back to his home in, in Shari Chesed. He, a, lot of times, a lot of times he would take a taxi. And there were different taxi drivers. Some taxi drivers used to try to get, they knew when Rav Shlomo Zalman went back. But sometimes there were different taxi drivers. Some were, used to be regulars. Anyway, one time Rav Shlomo Zalman came into the taxi and they was, began to drive. And the taxi driver wasn't wearing a yarmulke. Said no, Ulai Harav Yomar Mashu. Maybe the Rav will say something. Advar Torah, a story, a halacha. So Shlomo, Shlomo Zalman is really Yushalmi. He took the ball and he sent it back. He said, Ulai Anahag Yomar Mashu. Maybe the Nahag, maybe you'll say something. You want to hear something from him? Ah, uh, maybe this is really what this person wanted to hear. So he said, I want to tell the Rav a story. I, I'm a, I was a chayal, and I ended up after I did my. Uh, my regular duty ended up being in Miluim. And one time we were in Miluim with our group. We were in the desert. It was the middle of the night. We were laying in tents. And all of a sudden we hear one of the chayalim, our friends, he screams out a scream. We run over to his bed. And what do we see? We see that there's a big, gigantic snake that literally had wrapped himself around him. I don't know if it was a bow constrictor or not. And it was poisonous. And we didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden the mafaked came. He saw what happened. He quickly told one of the chayalim, Okay, point your, your neshek and you're going to try to shoot it and not kill the soldier, you're going to kill the thing. And he was about to tell him to give him the pekudah to shoot. And all of a sudden, one of the chayalim said, no, no, stop, stop. It was a dati, a dati member of the group. And he said to the chayal that had the snake wrapped around him, he said, Tagir acharai, say after me. And he said, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu. He said it slowly. Say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu. Person said, Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem Echad. Kodesh Bochu is one. And as soon as he said Hashem Echad, all of a sudden the snake unraveled himself from the Chayal and he ran away, slipping out of the tent. Mama saved him. So the, so Reb Shalom Azam, the Valdeka Maisa, knew what happened to that Chayal. 
So he said, that chayal, he mamish became a baltshuva. He was mamish saved from the snake. So Shalom Zalman turned to him, and what's with you? So the person said, the snake wasn't around my neck. The Nahak said, the snake wasn't around my neck. That was what, that's what he said. He said, it, it, you know, this is what happens. You can see the same story, but he wasn't lokchul musr. The person that's lokech, the musr, he's the one that really changes. Another person sometimes sees the same thing, and it doesn't have an effect upon him. There was a certain Balchuva who had a brother who wasn't religious, and one time he met his brother. His brother said, I want to tell you, even in America, you can see God. He says, really? Yeah, I went to, he said, he told, told his brother. He says, I, I, I was in Philadelphia, walking down the street, had some business meetings. And I see at the bottom of the street, I see a black homeless person. <clears throat> He's sitting on the street. And in front of him, <clears throat> there was a young businessman, a young guy who was coming out of the, the office. <clears throat> he was carrying a gigantic pizza. Had a box of pizza. He was going to eat it for lunch, lunch break. All of a sudden, this person that was holding the pizza, all of a sudden he stopped. And I saw that he had some sort of thing in his mind. Maybe there was some business being needed. He quick <clears throat> all of a sudden, he dropped the pizza in front of the homeless person, and he ran, just had to run back up to the office building, and he just left the pizza on the floor. So the homeless guy said, there's a God in heaven. Look at this. You know what? Only in America. Yeah, even in America, you also can see, God, he left me a fresh hot pizza, and he took the pizza and he started eating it. So the brother said, um, the brother said, that was such a, you know, I saw it, there was God there. So the from brother said to him, he said, um, so there is a God, there isn't a God. He says, yeah, well, you know, there's a God. He said, so why didn't that change you? This other person said that there was a God that claimed that it was God. He says, well, that was for the homeless person. He's the one that, he's the one that lucked out. So he says, don't you understand what happened over here? God brought you to Philadelphia in order that you should be witness to a homeless black person who's sitting on the floor, doesn't have any food, and all of a sudden, a wonderful young businessman walks by with his fresh hot pizza, and he decides the last second to throw it to him and to run it to his office, and that important, the pizza's not that important. Why did that happen? It took place in order you should see it, and you should also exclaim, and that it should affect you. Rabbi Isai, this parashah is teaching us that we have to have a positive look on Eretz Yisrael, and we also have to recognize that the world and the things that are happening in the world, they are things which have an effect upon us. And if we can see all the brachas which we have, we have to be very, very thankful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I want to speak about a person who was Lakhum Musa, who really took Musa to his heart. Raburi Zohar, who passed away. He was a, mentioned last week, he was a tremendous personality, and he was funny, and he was a very strong-willed person. And when he would have discussions, even in his own home, there was always banter that was going back and forth. There was arguing, there was discussion. One time he screamed at his son for something that his son did, and uh, at least he thought his son did something wrong, and he gave him a tongue lashing, and then his son was very embarrassed, went into his room, and then his father came into him, and his father said, I have to apologize, I lost myself, I shouldn't have said what I said, please, I ask you for mechila. Reb Uri understood that sometimes he lost himself, and he asked for Musr. His wife said that there were many, many times in the house that there would be discussions and there would be loud noises and there would be arguments, and she would turn to him and she would say, Uri, 
כן? תדבר בשקט, תדבר בשקט. Don't scream all the time. Don't be so, so uh, effusive. And don't, you know, sometimes go against the other people. So he turned to her and he says, Why am I the only one that gets Muslim? Why don't they get the Muslim? And she would answer him, Because you, you pay 500 shekel every single time you screamed. And it seems that Uri Zohar was working on himself. And he felt that maybe sometimes he's too exuberant and he's too uh, sometimes screaming and shouting, even when it's a positive thing. And he used to say, I have to work on my midas. And every single time he would give a shout, he would tell his wife, I want you to note and tell me. And every single time he would give 500 shekel for tzedakah. Rabbi said, this is a person that really takes Musa seriously. Ah, we're holding close to Shabbos Kodesh, Parsha Shalach. Shabbos Kodesh, Parsha Shalach. Let's take the Musa from these Parshas. Let's speak positive. And that we can, ex- we can speak exuberantly. Let's speak positively to our children, to our family members, to our guests in our home. <coughs> and have machshavot tovot. Be'ez Hashem Yisbarach. We'll be zoichem rich Hashem that we should have the tikkun of the Chet and the Meraglim. We should be able to see the, the Malchus Beis Dovid, Meshich Tzidkeinu, Meherav Yameinu, coming soon, Mirz Hashem, in this month. We hope and we pray we should be zochot to it, wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.